0: Hello, (laughs) pod-rishener. I just have to use that because Zach's been using it. Um, We're so glad you're listening to the Antioch Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm here with Donnie Tapey. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Donnie preached our sermon this past Sunday. It was awesome. He talked about uh, committing to community. Relationships take time. Donnie, how did you feel about this Sunday? I thought it was great. Honestly, I am uh, just feel privileged and excited to talk to you all about it. Uh, one, because Jesus changes relationships. Uh, he makes them more, more, more deep, more meaningful, um, more fulfilling. And so uh, this Sunday, I hope you are encouraged by um, all that God has for you in relationship and community. Uh, and I pray uh, that you're ministered to by it yeah come on and we have a brand new groups page where you can see all of our life groups on a map yes. in the metroplex and so we hope you check that out on our website uh, or on our instagram feed we are highlighting joining life groups this week and next week so we'd love for you to be a part we hope you enjoy today's message and yeah thanks for listening have a good day Good morning, Antioch Community Church. My name is Donnie Tapey, uh, and if you don't know me this morning, uh, or if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, uh, uh, I serve on our uh, pastoral leadership team here, um, and I have a a beautiful wife named Meredith. I also have a a young little daughter. Uh, She's three years old named Addie, uh, and we also have a boy on the way. He is due in December, and we are thrilled uh, to meet him. Uh, If you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, you know that we've been uh, in a series called Arrows, uh, uh, which has been uh, on parenting and what it means to parent um, according to God's ways, what he he calls us to uh, in the family. This week and next week, we'll be talking about friendships and about relationships. So I'm really excited because I love this church. I love being a part of this church here, and I love knowing each and every single one of you. Uh, And so relationships are a huge and integral part of that. So we're going to jump right in this morning. Um, Who here has been to a magical place called Dirt Cheap? Anyone? Okay. Well, Dirt Cheap is the place where Target and uh, Walmart products go to die, or uh, to be rescued by each one of you. <laughs> uh, dirt Cheap, uh, my, my wife and I were actually turned on to uh, Dirt Cheap by uh, one of her siblings. And uh, the best way I know of how to describe Dirt Cheap would be, uh, think of Ross, and then think of about three, maybe, uh, maybe a third of the prices at Ross, but then think of Ross again, And think of about 10 times the disorganization of Ross. So uh, at this place called Dirt Cheap, you can get products of all sorts from garden hoses to uh, razors to furniture to really anything that Target has or that Walmart has. Um, And just at incredible price, about 70% discount. Uh, off of their clearance prices normally at Target. So we just had a field day the other day we, uh, when we went there, and so we ended up spending about uh, maybe about 150 bucks, and we got about uh, $600 worth of of products. So we were thrilled with that, and but something about that experience kind of taught me, or at least uh, re- reminded me, that there's something in me that loves to get a deal. There's something in me that loves to... Um, get a whole lot for a little. There's something in me that, that desires, uh, to, to, to pay out just a small amount and then get a whole lot in return. And this idea seems to be built into us almost, um, even going to regular target. Now I have a hard time, uh, paying for any of those products because I I'm like, man, this is so expensive. I could get this a 70% you know, 70% of the cost like I you know, there's this there's this desire in me to get things for cheaper It's made shopping at target almost impossible now because I think I could I could probably get this at dirt cheap and for dirt cheap prices and so uh, we, we see this idea that's almost built into us by our culture encouraged by our culture um, We even see things like Costco and Sam's, you know Businesses that are built on getting a whole lot for a whole little even in social media um, we, we spend, well, depending on who you are, maybe anywhere from five minutes to an hour uh, preparing a little caption for the bottom of your picture. But this, the, I, the uh, idea there is that you're, you're putting this photo out and you get a feeling of relationship back. You get what everyone wants on Instagram, especially you get likes. When someone likes your photo, man, it makes you feel good. And personally, I mean, if I, if I post something, I get less than 20 likes, I feel like I kind of wasted my time, you know? There's like, I'm, I'm putting some effort into this. I need, I need more likes than 20. If I hit 50, I feel pretty good. But if I hit 100, man, I'm on top of the world. But why? Because I feel like I'm getting, I'm, like I'm known. I feel like I'm putting a little bit of my wife and I's life out there and our family's life and, and people can kind of see what we're, what we're doing, the things we're involved in. And, and people know me through that, right? Well, as much as they may know about maybe the happenings and things that you're doing, they don't really, they don't really know you. It doesn't really provide a true friendship or relationship. And when we look at it, uh, a lot of the, the social media and other things in our, in our culture now, it's, it's a lot of uh, narcissistic connections. A lot of connections that are based on what I can get out of them rather than what I may be giving to them if we look at relationships, real relationships are not like that, are they? I mean, sometimes, you know, they may come quickly. Uh, if you, you know, click with someone or if there's someone that you just feel like you, you, you get along with real, uh, real well. But eventually, you need maintenance in that relationship. Eventually, they need to be tended, kind of like a garden. Weeds need to be pulled up. They need to be nourished and fed. Time needs to be given to them so they can grow to full maturity, right? Relationships take investment, time, resources, energy, emotions. Relationships take time. But all I've said so far is applicable to everyone. Uh, I could say the same thing to a secular crowd, uh, a crowd that doesn't uh, consider Jesus or, 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 or pursue him. And it would all kind of still ring true, right? So what I want to hear, what I I want to explore today is what does the gospel say? What does Jesus have to say about relationships and community that changes things? Because when I look at every other area in my life, Jesus has changed things. Am I right? When I look at my marriage... When I look at uh, my marriage and how he's changed our relationship and, man, made it so fruitful. And when I look at my family relationships and how he's redeemed those. And when I look at my own heart and my own sin and see how he's redeemed my heart and brought me close to him, he has made all the world of difference. He's turned my world upside down. And so, when we look at relationships and friendships specifically, how does Jesus change that? What difference does he make? So today, what I want you to walk away with is that living out the gospel of Jesus Christ, walking in relationship with Jesus within close church community, has incredible power to create friendships that are deeper and healthier, more meaningful and more fulfilling, more encouraging and more consistent, more trustworthy and more faithful and dependable than you ever imagined possible when they are centered on Jesus and model themselves after the word of God and how the word of God tells us that we need to relate to one another. My desire for each of you today is that you'd be equipped and inspired through testimony and scripture to pursue relationship with Jesus and grow deep lasting friendships and relationships God's way. My hope is that you would find, maybe not today or tomorrow or next week, because again, relationships take time. But that you would find yourself eventually, the sooner the better, that you would find yourself surrounded by a church community, by a life group community that knows you, that loves you, that supports you, that encourages you to go through all the things that life tends to throw at us. And that helps you live out life and relationship with Jesus, because we were not meant to do this alone. To give us a, a picture about uh, or a, a, a picture of what I'm talking about today, I'd like to point us to Acts 2, 42 through 47, uh, as, we, as we begin here. So that's Acts 2, 42 through 47, starting in verse 42. attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. So what I want you to do is to keep that passage in your mind. That is, that's an amazing passage to see the community of God, living out relationship, living out life together. So I want you to keep that passage in your mind as I share a story Uh, and we're going to revisit that passage later. And I want to draw a few things out of it for us that we can take away and that we can actually do uh, and begin to walk out relationships as God calls us to them. Uh, so, like I said, today I want to share uh, about some friendships that my wife and I have cultivated here at Antioch uh, over the past six years that have blessed us just in countless ways, in in, in, in more ways than we could ever imagine. Um, and, and, and they've made life more rich and more meaningful. Obviously, and these are not our only friendships here at Antioch or in our life group that are deeply meaningful and irreplaceable to us. We have Man, so many other rich uh, friendships and relationships here. People we see every Sunday uh, or at Life Group who, who know us so well, who we could go to and pour our hearts out to, and they would hear us and listen to us and pray for us and encourage us because at some point or another, we were in Life Group with those people. They're all relationships that have stemmed from Life Group. So I'm sharing about these specific relationships this morning, uh, because there's a story that goes with them. Uh, and they are ones that have formed over time, uh, over the last six years, through many seasons of life group, through many multiplications of life group. Uh, you may know some of the people in this picture. Right there at the top, you've got Alex. Uh, and then over here, uh, Mary Beth DeBrat. Uh So Alex and Mary Beth Debrot, you got Richard and Laura Kreider. Uh, Joe and Amy Polino, and then Matt and Jana Fisher. Uh, These are some of our closest friends. Uh, And Mare and I had started dating, uh, and we jumped into a life group here at Antioch back in 2010. Uh, And since then, all of these friendships that I'm talking about uh, started and were cultivated in life group. All of these friendships started before any of us were married. Uh, so we got to walk through that season uh, with, with each couple together, uh, except for Matt and Jana. They came, and uh, when we first met them, they had just gotten married. Um, and we've also got to walk through the season of starting a family with, with each one of these couples. Um, so we have a lot of history of going through all those experiences together. We've all had conflict with one another in some form or fashion uh, that that needed to be addressed and worked through, and we needed to ask for forgiveness and give uh, grant forgiveness. We've all had sorrows and sadnesses that we've walked through and supported each other in. Um, Also, a good thing to mention, too, is that these relationships, they didn't happen quickly. They didn't happen, you know, overnight. I remember when I first got to Antioch, it was about a year until I really felt known here. I had come from Abilene, and I had Spent, I think, about five years there. And, man, I had invested heavily in relationship in Abilene. I felt so known by the people there. And I, I remember thinking that, man, I would never find friends like these ever again. And it was, it was an unhealthy belief that I held. that I just felt like, man, I would never. So, so when I got to, uh, to Dallas and we, we jumped into community here, I remember I was kind of comparing people to those friendships. And it wasn't a good thing. It didn't help me out. And so it took about a year for me with, with those, some of those beliefs and working those out for me to really feel known and loved and supported. So what I learned through that is that relationships take time. And so today, though, um, I wanted to share more about Matt and Jana Fisher's journey um, with their blessing uh, <laughs> and how they walked out their journey with this group of friends. Uh, some of you may know them personally in their story. Uh, but if you don't, uh, back in the summer of 2013, uh, they started trying to get pregnant. Uh, we were all so excited and so thrilled because, man, if anyone was meant to be a mom and a dad, a father and a mother, it was Matt and Jana. Like, they had such a, a father heart and a mother heart. Um, if, if, if there's ever been anyone who's meant to do that and walk in that role, man, we felt like it was them. And so we were so excited to walk this journey out with them. Um, so one year passed by, and nothing had happened, and so uh, we started praying. Uh, two years went by. Uh, we began to pray harder, and we began to talk with them about their journey and their experience because the, the pain uh, and the fear of, of hope deferred began to set in for them. And then in the third year of them trying, by that time, man, we had been through so Much with them. We had fasted and prayed. We had worshiped. We had trusted God every step of the way. We had encouraged one another. We had talked and listened for so many hours. We had shed so many tears with them and believed with all of our hearts that God was going to do this. He was going to come through. It was going to happen. Man, we had faith to move mountains, but it still hadn't happened. We were still waiting. And Matt and Jana were still waiting. But in that third year in twenty sixteen, even after all of the emotional pain and confusion, doubts they worked through about God and his faithfulness and prayer and its effectiveness, it was the year that we noticed a significant shift in Matt and Jana that they shared with us one night when we got together. I remember seeing Jana. I remember uh, clearly thinking that, man, she looked like she was glowing, like she was different. It's because the Lord had done something in their hearts. And they begin to explain to us that they were at peace with where the Lord had them. Regardless of what they were experiencing, regardless of what their eyes could see, regardless of what they could wrap their minds around, they were choosing to trust God with their future. And despite everything, they had deep joy in God and knew his love for them now more than ever. We were amazed at what God was doing and the emotional healing that had taken place. What God was preparing them for was that even before they had ever started trying to get pregnant, God, I remember talking to to Matt about it, that even before they had ever started trying to get pregnant, God had put adoption on Matt and Jana's heart. During this season though when they were trying to get pregnant, they were wrestling with when to to move forward with that. You know, when do we when do we start that process? Do we wait? Do we keep trying? They they were there was just confusion and they didn't have clarity on that. And so I want you to hear this today as I tell this story, adoption was not a plan B for Matt and Jana. Where plan A was biological parenthood and that just didn't work out, so no. God began to move in their hearts, heal places that needed healing, and release them to pursue adoption. God was preparing them for the next stage in their journey that he was calling them to. It was a beautiful uh, thing to see uh, unfold in their hearts. Um, fast, There's so, so much that happened in that time and through that conversation I wish I had more time to share, but so I'm going to fast forward, though, to December of 2016. They had been fully vetted by their adoption agent, uh, uh, agency and put on a list to wait for a match. Uh, I remember it was about uh, two weeks later, on a Tuesday, I think it was, so they had been vetted, uh, and they were preparing, you know, for the, for the long haul to wait. Some, You know, there's, there's no guarantee of how long it'll be, could be. Two months, could be six months, could be a year or more. And so I remember it was about two weeks later on a Tuesday uh, that we got a text from Matt and Jana uh, asking us, uh, because uh, asking this group of friends, because we had walked this journey with them, if we could all come over to their house that night. Uh, As they had an announcement, (laughs) and so you can imagine what that did to us. We were all like, we knowing they had just got um, got approved and vetted, and they were on the wait list, and then getting that text, we were all dying to know what this announcement was. So they began to share, um, and and they began to share that they had been matched, and we all went crazy and went wild. And that it was a girl, and we all went crazy and went wild. And that the birth mother was having the baby next Tuesday. And we were all like, just went crazy with joy and happiness. We were all just going nuts for them because we were so excited to see them step into this journey. And wow, what a fast forward journey this was for them. They literally had a week from when they heard that they were matched and that the birth mother was having the baby to, to prepare. And they hadn't even started preparing. They'd get in the baby room ready, baby supplies, baby clothes, just everything they had. There was uh, It was just, man, everything was was laid on them all at once. And so then began a crazy week for Matt and Jana. We were all doing something for them uh, that week in some way or another. And um, getting hand-me-down baby clothes, buying them stuff, putting furniture together for them, uh, running errands, uh, uh, all while they went to Austin uh, to meet the birth mother. Uh, It was nuts, but it was so fun to walk out this journey with them because of the history that we had. And then a week later, there she was. Here's a picture, Ava Margaret Fisher. This is just so cute and so tiny. Uh, emotions were so high. We were so thrilled to meet her. Here's another photo. Uh, and if you don't die when you see that, you don't have a heart. No, I'm just kidding. But it was so adorable. She was so cute. We were so excited. Uh, it was so amazing to see them with, with Ava. And so, fast forward six months later, after they get matched and they get to bring Ava home, uh, we were at Ava's Gotcha Day. Um, which if you're, if you're unfamiliar with adoption and how that works, the gotcha day is the day that she legally becomes part of their family, um, that they, they uh, officially become her, her, um, her uh, parental guardians. And man, looking back at that point, I was so amazed and so proud of them for how they had walked out this whole journey in community. That day was so significant because the history we had shared Matt and Jana, man, I couldn't be more proud of them. They had been unbelievably gracious with us during this whole season leading up to this day. They had been unbelievably gracious with us when we might have asked a question awkwardly or said something that could have been taken wrong. They had asked for and received encouragement from us, even though sometimes we all didn't know what to say or how to encourage them. They had never isolated themselves through any of this. Imagine how easy it would be to go through something like this and pull back because you don't want to share, you don't know, people don't know what it's like, they don't understand how I feel, all those feelings, but they didn't pull back. They pressed in to community. They regularly invited us to speak into their lives which is amazing to me. I remember sometimes getting a call from, from Matt or a text and, and, and them saying, hey, we, we really need to talk through some stuff that's, that's going on, that's on our hearts, um, and, and, and here's how you can support us. You can pray for us. You can do this and that. And they were so clear with, how, with giving us kind of guidelines on how to help them because we didn't know, and they were inviting us in to their lives. And they consistently shared in those times so transparently and so vulnerably that I was amazed by their vulnerability and by their transparency and by their consistency to do that. It inspired me to do the same. I just want to honor Matt and Jana this morning in the highest way that I can. When I think of Matt and Jay, I see two pillars of faith, two disciples of Jesus who reflect and display the glory of God so well in their lives. Obviously, not perfectly, but they have done such an amazing job of pressing into community and living life in community. What made Ava's gotcha day so amazing from the perspective of a friend, uh, aside from what it meant for Ava and Matt and Jana, obviously, was that the history we had shared together with them over the years was so significant. The journey we had walked with them to get, the, to, uh, uh, to, get to this day of days, uh, the prayers, the worship, the tears, the rejoicing, all of which we shared together in life group. Friendships that were wrought in life group, that began in life group, in community based on our love and devotion for Jesus. I want you to hear this today. Life group is is a place for refreshment. It's not an ought to. I'm not here today to guilt you into joining a life group. I'm here today because I want your joy. I want to see you flourish in a life group because you need a community of people around you to support you. I tried to give you the highs and the lows of that story, but I'm sharing six years condensed into 30 minutes. Uh, And it 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 can still feel like an ESPN highlight reel. But the experience was no highlight reel. It was slow, it was messy, and it took time. It took time over all those years and all the meetings and all the talking to develop those friendships. When I look back at our friendships with uh, Alex and Mary Beth DeBrot and Joe and Amy Polino and Richard and Laura Kreider uh, and Matt and Janet Fisher and how we walked out that journey, I see a testimony of the depth of relationship that takes place when we walk out what the word of God calls us to. What guided us through all of those years and experiences was the word of God and what it says about how we are to relate to God and to one another. And when I look at Acts 2.42-47, what we read earlier, when I look at that, I see at least four things that God calls us to in relationship with the church. And they're all things that we imperfectly, many times, but nevertheless, they're things which we all pursued, which enabled us to grow deep gospel rooted friendships over the last six years. Now, before I go into these four things, uh, I just want to remind us as a, as a community, we want to be uh, doers of the word and not hearers only. It says in in James 1, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So we don't want to deceive ourselves. We don't want to hear a, a, a word of God uh, truth, and then let it, Kind of go out, go go in in one ear and out the other, and just forget it. We want to be people who learn uh, and who take the word of God and then apply it to our lives. So I encourage you to get out your device or a journal or something and take notes uh, on these next four things, so that so that you can go home, and you can pray about them, and you can say, God, what is what is the next step of obedience for me that that, that you were asking me to do? Obviously, you may not be able to do all these things within the next few weeks, but. But over the next six months, I would love for you to pray about these things. Say, God, how do you want me to invest in, in, the, in, the, in the community that you have placed around me? So, number one, cultivate your relationship with Jesus. And I get that from uh, where it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the prayers. Jesus calls us in John 15 to abide in him and then apart from him, We can do nothing. He then goes on to say, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. I don't want you to spend time with Jesus because you are going to punch your God time card or check it off on a list or, or come to God and say, Look, God, look what I've done for you so that you'll love me. He already loves you. I want you to spend time with Jesus for your joy. For your joy. And that's why Jesus wants it. He's a good father that wants to meet with you and encourage you and speak life and identity into you. It's an invitation. It's not a demand. It's not a, he, he loves you and he wants to spend time with you and he wants his joy, the joy of Jesus, the happiest person on earth that ever lived. And he wants to put that joy inside of you. That you could live out of that joy, out of his joy. And the amazing thing about this is that I knew that I could trust Matt, Richard, Alex, and Joe, whenever I would reach out to them for anything over the past six years, that, that they were spending time with Jesus. Maybe not perfectly, maybe not every morning, but I knew that they were being filled up by the word of God and by time with Jesus, worshiping him, uh, worshiping him, praying to him, spending time with him, hearing from him. And so I knew that when I went to them, if I went to Alex and said, hey, man, I'm struggling with some things, I, I, I need some help. I, I knew that I wouldn't get a response like, man, you're right, I'm struggling with that too. We should just quit this whole Christianity thing and give up. I, I, you know, I I knew that, I knew that Alex was going to encourage me. He was going to speak life into me. He was going to bless me because he was filled up. His cup was filled up and overflowing so he could pour out onto me. He could help me when I needed it and vice versa. Number two, be faithful and committed, especially especially when it's hard to do so. And I get that from where it says, and they devoted themselves to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And then where it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Uh, and then where it says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. That's a lot of togetherness, am I right? It says day by day, attending the temple. You know, we're, we're at church once a week, life group once a week. That's a lot of togetherness. It's awesome. And, and, and many times, man, I, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, but it, it's hard to get to life group sometimes. And I'm sure no one here knows what I mean right? It's hard to, hard to get there when it's 5 p.m. and you got to load the family into the car and you just had a long day at work, stressful day, and you got to get out into five o'clock traffic and make it there on time. And you don't really feel like being open and vulnerable, but man, once I get there, once I'm there, I feel so refreshed and so filled up by sharing and being open and being vulnerable, so I want you to be faithful and committed, even when it's hard to do so. And relationships take time again. And, and, and again, remember what I had shared earlier. For the first year, I, I didn't feel like I knew anyone. But that didn't mean that I pulled back. It meant that I pressed in. And I went to coffees with guys. And I, and I went to hang out. And I went to life group. And, I, and we, we made sure that we showed up. Even though we didn't feel it, we made sure that we showed up. And each one of them did that. And that's one of the reasons why we have a relationship and friendship today. And especially for Matt and for Jana in their journey, one thing they told me was that one of the most important things for them was to choose to let us all into uh, what was going on with them, even when they felt like we wouldn't understand. To still trust the friendships that they had. Can you imagine how hard that was to do to led us all into what they were going through and all the feelings and emotions and vulnerability, but they were faithful to do so because they knew they needed the community of God around them. They, they knew they needed the church. Number three, walk in generosity toward others. And I get that from where it says, uh, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh, and so want to encourage you guys today, generosity takes many forms in the scriptures. What it says there in Acts is incredible. Selling their possessions and, and giving to anyone as they had need. That's amazing. And if God is calling you to do that, I encourage you to obey and to do that. But generosity takes many forms in the scripture. So I don't just want you to read that passage and then shut down because we think that to be real believers, we all have to become, you know, communists and open a joint bank account, have our paychecks go in there. And then we, you know, can share it from there. That's not, that's not what the scriptures say in a, in a, in a blanket statement at all. So many times, uh, within our friendship group, we were given to, uh, or we were giving, uh, financially to one another in some way, in some shape or form when Meredith and I were the, were the, were the recipients of that many times we watched each other's kids or folded each other's laundry. Uh, we celebrated and honored one another at birthdays, showers, sprinkles, droplets—all those different things. You know, all those different parties we we do and get together for. We gave time out of our busy schedules to simply hang out or to worship, pray, spend time together, go have a meal together. We were generous with our time with one another. And I could go on in all the different ways. But when you walk in generosity in your friendships, it will begin to shape and transform them. As as as, as those friendships that you're investing in generously, those people will, will begin to experience the generosity of God through you. It's amazing what, what generosity in a friendship will do. Number four. Actively acknowledge God and his spirit working among you. And I get that from where it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And then where it says, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. You see where it says, And awe came upon every soul. They were amazed at what God was doing. They weren't amazed at just the healings. They weren't amazed at just this. Awe could also be translated as fear of God or, 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 or deep reverence and respect of God. And awe came upon every soul. And then it says they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. They were giving thanks to God, giving credit to God for what he was doing. One of the amazing things that God did for Matt and Jana was to take, uh, uh, was to kind of walk them back through all of the prophetic words, uh, all of the scriptures, all of the encouragement that he had given them personally uh, and that people had had spoken into them uh, over the last few years. Things that they were believing through the process, things that they had to let go of. And God revealed to them how faithfully he had been at work fulfilling those words all along the way even though at the time they couldn't see them. But it took getting through it, being faithful and committed, to then look back and see and acknowledge God in all that he had done. I also saw in Matt and Jana and among our friends what praise to God for who he is and for what he's done and thanksgiving to him can do for our hearts. So often it was the compass that pointed us to Jesus in the midst of pain and heartache. Man, it would just always point north for us point us to Jesus and who he was. It says in Proverbs 3, 6, uh, that trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I'm going to read that again. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, even in the hard ones. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your uh, and he will make straight your paths, man. So many times, I whether it was Matt, Jenna, or us personally, we just sit down and say, "God, there's so many things I need or I want or I or I or I need help with." God, but first, I'm just gonna I, I thank you, God. I'm gonna thank you first. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my daughter. I thank you for my job. God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for being kind to me and being gracious and patient with me. God, I thank you for, for, uh, for dying on the cross for me and all that you've done and reconciling me to God. And, and you could see just through being thankful, it begins to draw our hearts back to God. It begins to remind us of who God is and what he has done for us. So ask the Lord. This is what I want you to do this week, today. Ask the Lord, which of these four areas of community would he have you take a step of obedience in? And then do it. God has so much for you. He wants to transform your relationships. He wants to transform your friendships. But we have to be faithful to say yes and be obedient to him. And when we take that step of obedience, man, God is just going to explode the roof off of our expectations of what community can look like, of what it can be like. And if you've done some of these things and you've not felt there's been a response or you've been doing them for a long time and you still don't feel connected, I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you for that, but I want to let you know that being faithful and committed still holds true. That when you're faithful and committed and you stick it through, I man, God is gonna bless that. He's gonna see it. And there will be a day when you find yourself surrounded by a community that loves you, knows you, supports you, encourages you. And I want today this testimony to be a testimony that gives you courage to keep pressing in, to keep going on. As I close, one of the things that's so significant about Acts chapter 2. 42 through 47 is what precedes it in the beginning of Acts 2. You have this picture of community uh, in Acts 2, 42 through 47 that was driven by a move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit uh, in the the, uh, beginning of Acts 2, you have the day of Pentecost and the Spirit descended on the apostles like a rushing wind, the scriptures say, uh, which the very sound of it gathered the crowd. It literally gathered a multitude, it says. And then the apostles started speaking in tongues, and each person there in that crowd began to hear them in their own language, in their own native tongue. And then Peter boldly got up and addressed the men of Jerusalem, and they were, it says in the Scriptures, cut to the heart and convicted. And Peter told them to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins, and they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then about, man, 3,000 that day were saved. And then our verse that we talked about today, Acts 2, uh, 2, 42 through 47, happened out of that move of the spirit. So as we seek to walk out gospel-rooted, Jesus-centered community, let us not forget, do not forget that it is God doing the work I know we've listed off some things we've lifted we've, we, we've off four things that you can do, ways you can press in. But I want you to remember that in in uh, in your pressing in, that it's not our good morals or our habits that are going to create that. It's Jesus working in and through us. Jesus is the head of the church, and when we press into community, Jesus is the one that knits our hearts together in a way that that none of us ever expect in a deeper and more intimate and more meaningful way than we could ever experience in any relationship outside of the body of Christ. So I'm just going to pray now to close us. Jesus. Thank you so much, God, for who you are and for how much you love us. God, thank you for reconciling us to yourself, God. Thank you, God, for loving us in such a way. Father, that you have, you have brought us back into relationship with you, God, and, and enabled us through the cross and through forgiveness of sin, God, to know each other, to be, to be able to be vulnerable with each other and to be able to be transparent, God, that we have nothing to hide because you have paid for it all, God. All of our sins are washed away. As far as the east is from the west, you have separated our sin from us, God, and so we say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for enabling community like this to happen. And so, God, I just pray for each and every person here today, God, that if they don't have that, God, or if they don't have a relationship with you, Jesus, that, they would, that, that, that you, God, would speak to their heart, God, that they would see you as beautiful, they would see you as compelling, God, and they would see their need for community, to not live this life alone but to go through it with the community of people surrounding them, with the church surrounding them, loving them, and, and, and encouraging them. We love you, Jesus. We want more of you, God. That is why we're here today, because we want more of you, Jesus. We love you, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encouraged you. If this message spoke to you, if God's doing something in your life, I'd love for you to send us an email and let us know. You can do that by just hitting reply on any of the emails you get from us. Wait, what's that? You don't get emails from us. Oh, man, why don't you go to our website, and you can sign up for our community newsletter. Once a week, you'll get updates on what's going on, what God is doing in our midst, and we would love for you to be a part. Uh, If you've enjoyed this series of podcasts, love for you to go on iTunes and leave a review. It helps other people find out uh, about this stuff. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week.